Guys, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley, and I'm joined, as always, by the number one producer in Late Night. It's Blake Osborne. Blake! Yes! How are you doing, buddy? How are you doing today, buddy? Are you doing all right? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Well, I mean, you're you're now like a couple of weeks back from your vacation. Have you have has things gotten back to normal, or are you still? Oh yeah, everything's back to normal. Yeah, yeah, working hard in the field. <laughs> the kids are back in school for you. They are, they are, and it's uh, it's been hard, man. I'm feeling the fatigue of getting up at five o'clock in the morning, getting around kids, and just getting them all together and taking them to school every morning. How many How many of your little ones have died of the plague since uh, since going back? About twenty four. Oh, yeah. wow, yikes. I only, got, I only got four left, so I'm doing good. <laughs> things are easier now. Oh, <laughs> uh, things, things are... Things that, are <laughs> this, guys, at home, this is, this, is why I, this is why I like working with Blake. Blake <laughs> always looks at the positive side of things. <laughs> you have to, you have to. What are you going to do? Blake, you and I were talking uh, before, before we started the show, and, yeah. and I had asked you if you caught any of the DNC, of the Democratic National Convention... That yeah, the, in about 10 seconds of it, I had to throw up and clean the mess up off the floor and then <laughs> turn the TV to something else. Well, you know, you're not, the, you're not the only one. I actually saw this in the news. Did you know that, that they're little, because you know they're having the virtual convention, right? Like they're, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. they're not doing yeah. it in person or whatever. Um, the DNC, the convention, has less than half the viewers from 2016. Uh, that's pretty... Surprised. That's, I mean, that's kind of like us having less than half the viewers that we normally have. <laughs> you know, we actually did have less than half the viewers we normally have last week because yeah. last week our stream got destroyed by that's Facebook. Right. Yeah, they shut us down. They, every single time, this is the thing. So, like, they are really pumping Kamala Harris, I right? Know. They're I really know. pumping Kamala yeah. Harris. And literally every single time we went to the segment where we were talking about her record. Yeah as the top cop in California, yeah. it throttled our stream. Yeah, just dropped it. It, it was mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I was, I'll tell you what, I was pretty hot. Yeah. I was pretty mad. I actually I did know. like a quick little live where I was just like some of our remaining people in chat uh-huh. saying like, what do you guys want me to do? Do you, do you want me to run the episode again? Do you want me yeah. to just upload it for later? What do you, you know, what yeah. do you want me to do? Um, but they can catch it on YouTube if you want to see it. You know, it's up on other sites. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can. you can always go to our YouTube yeah. for yeah. a library of all of our shows, yeah. youtube.com slash funnybroke. Yeah. Um, but it's it was a real shame because, you know, we premiere our episodes live yeah. every Wednesday night at That's 9 right. o'clock Eastern time. Yep. And if you want to join the live chat and, and talk with everybody else mm-hmm. watching the show and with yours truly – and and sometimes with Blake, but to be fair, Blake doesn't actually watch the show, so he's right. he's not usually there. Um, you just go to <laughs> facebook.com slash funnybroke, and yeah. that's where the live premiere. It's actually a lot of places, but you know how, like, if you want to be in the same chat as everyone else, then they yeah. all need to kind of go to the same place. Yeah. So facebook.com slash funnybroke is where uh, they can do that. Yeah. But last week, we were there, and it just, it was a nightmare, yeah. man. Yeah. So. Anyhow. So we're we're gonna we have some exciting news coming up, but yeah. we can't announce it yet. It's right. it's one of those things where I I really don't I really don't like to talk about things until we've we've kind of like already got mm, got yeah. it in the works yeah. and got it ironed out. I agree. Um, so we've got some new like platform and network news coming yeah. up. That's gonna be it's, it's gonna be big time. Yeah. Big time yeah. game changing kind of stuff. Good stuff. Um, and it really can't come soon enough, man. I'm I'm so done. <laughs> With with the big Getting social media, and, yeah. it's like, dude. Uh, yeah, come on. 
I'm not going to talk about that anymore no. for for now. Yeah. I do, I do want to talk about a couple of things in the monologue okay. before we before sure. we move on. Sure. So I don't know about you guys down here, but of course, you know, me and Anna Kay are up in Nashville and Nashville, you know, they had the big time lockdowns uh-huh. and then the lockdowns ended for like two weeks yeah. and then they kind of sort of kind of brought the lockdowns back and it's just all the Rona stuff. Um, and during that time, I'm sure we're doing what a lot of people are doing, which is, you know, you're, you're logging on to like DoorDash and Grubhub uh-huh. and yeah. Uber Eats and all that because so that you can get your food delivered. Yeah. And I've even been doing groceries like Instacart and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I tell you what, like I'm, I'm trying to take a play out of your playbook uh-huh. that the silver lining here is, is that I just hate everybody anyway and I don't ever want to go anywhere. <laughs> so this is just, this has just motivated me to find ways to stay at home. Yeah. This, is, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've been getting, but here's the thing. So I've been using DoorDash a lot, right? Okay. So for anybody in chat, you know, let us know which one, which one you use or if I'm missing one of them. I've been using DoorDash a lot. And on DoorDash, because like I, I'm from Middle Tennessee. I've yeah. lived here most of my life, but I haven't really lived in Nashville for most of my life. Okay. And you know how there's all, you know, there might be that like mom and pop hole in the wall place that's like an amazing restaurant. Yeah. I, there's no way for me to know what all those are because A, I haven't lived here forever and B, I, I don't like going, <laughs> I don't like going out. House, yeah. <laughs> so DoorDash has this thing where you can look at what's popular near you. That's cool. And then you can also look at like sorted by type of food and you uh-huh. can sort it by meal. Like is this lunch? Yeah. Is this dinner? Is this breakfast? Nice. So I got up. I was up, believe it or not, true story, I was up early one day. Uh-huh. I know that that may shock some of you at home <laughs> who realize I don't ever wake up until like noon. Yeah. I was up one early one day and I was thinking, man, I could go for some breakfast. Okay. And so I go on DoorDash just to see. I've never looked up breakfast stuff before. I'm going to uh-huh. see who, and I, I know the fast food places make biscuits. I'm going to see specifically breakfast. What is popular in my area for breakfast? And yeah. this is what came up. Pull that up right there. Baskin Robbins. <laughs> you live near an ice cream place. Baskin Robbins? Robin for breakfast? Ugh. I sorted by breakfast, Ugh. and the top hit was Baskin <laughs> Robbins. <laughs> Goodness gracious. So is there at least like a McDonald's or something near you, man? I mean, there's lots. I mean, there's, I I live in Nashville. Everything's near me. Everything should be like right by you. But near my address, (laughs) the popular breakfast joint is is Baskin Robbins. Oh gosh. What does that say about the people of Nashville? It's saying throw out your keto diet. No one has to worry about the, maybe, maybe what it is, is that diabetes combats the Rona. And so if just... There you go. I couldn't believe That's your it. Medicine. So just so, just to make make myself clear, no, I did not order Baskin Robbins for breakfast. But okay. apparently, a lot of people do. Apparently, it's a good suggestion. I'll tell you another thing that's What's kind that? of stood out to me yeah. is like something. Blank and I were talking about this that with all the stuff going on and the economy being like it's going to be in the tank and. You know, worrying about a dollar collapse and, and the shutdowns and, and the effect that that has on people's livelihoods. It's it's made people think a lot more about their financial planning yeah. and about budgeting. Like every, you know, sure. you got to have your family budget, right? You got to yeah. have your, like, this is what we make on average and this is what we, you know, they, they the, the financial people tell you it's a good idea to sit down and kind of like do a pie chart, like graph out 
what you spend your money on uh-huh. and what percentage of your income that is. Yeah. Because there's certain different things that you should you should shoot to shoot more or less of yeah. your monthly budget on. So CNBC had a special where they were doing exactly this. They were talking about uh, budgeting your income and, and what that should look like. Yeah. I want you to pull up this graphic. This is, this is, this is not Photoshop. This is okay. a real tweet. It says, this is from CNBC. This is the budget breakdown of a 25 year old making a hundred thousand dollars a year and who is excellent with money. So this is what you should strive to spend your money on. Now, before I start reading through the different monthly spendings, yeah. how many 25-year-olds do you know making $100,000 a year? Oh, they're all making it. Come on, man. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Dude. <laughs> Most of the 25-year-olds I know are just broke-ass bitches <laughs> making 100000 Whatever, man. So the first, so the first problem is this is for if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. second one is this is someone who's excellent with money. So first of all, how many 25 year olds do you know are making a hundred thousand dollars a year? How many of them do you know are, are excellent with money? Just period. No matter what they're making. No. <laughs> so pull that, pull that back up. So this is. Okay. So they're spending $400 on groceries. So for just a 25 year old, just, yes. just the 25 year old, that actually seems really high. That's a lot of food. For now I know you family. were saying that for like, so for a family your size, you would yeah. spend way more than that. Oh, oh, oh God. It's like 1500 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. But, but for Six, just man. a 25 year old, that no seems way. high. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It has donations, $615. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Come on. Man. So I, I applaud this <laughs> yeah. beautiful 25 year old person <laughs> who donates so much money every month. Like that's, that's, that's great, <laughs> but that's not. That's, so, okay. If, if you, if you're hearing my voice right now, yes. if you're watching the show and you're a 25 year old who makes a hundred thousand dollars a year and you regularly donate $615 a yeah. month, you need to go to patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. And yeah, and hook us up, man. Just push that button. Okay. So go back down to this. So rent 825. What does now, he live in a dump? If he makes a hundred grand, homeboy ought to be living in okay. a freaking. <laughs> okay. So this guy has to live in a place like Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. Or I, I something. know. He's got to live in a dump. You, you can't, like, okay. So I, I like, I, I'm serious about this. So me and Anna Kay, like, we don't live in a palace. We yeah. certainly don't. We live in a pretty average kind of a townhouse sort of a thing. Uh, two bedroom, one bath. Pretty, uh, yeah. pretty, not a big living room yeah, or kitchen pretty, or anything. Yeah, nothing special. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I think it's okay. It's fine for us, yeah. but it's certainly not glamorous. Right. It's $1,300 a month. Exactly. So. Yeah, no. And then, and then just a few of the other li- a little ones. So dining out 250 you know, whatever, you utilities no 195 transportation 130 whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So, so house cleaner, $30. <laughs> That's big expense right there. I don't like, ooh, like, oh, ooh, la, la. We have a house cleaner that comes like Jesus. Internet, $20. Okay. So, I mean. When was the last time you paid 20 bucks for internet, dude? I mean, I mean, our dial up was 20 bucks before we upgraded to, to the future, which was at the time DSL, like three meg DSL. And that was like 60 when it first came out. <laughs> no. 
So, okay, and then the last one, cell phone, $40. What? The only way that your cell phone plan is $40 <laughs> is, if, is if you're one of these old school, like, flip phone people. It, you don't have a smartphone. one of those, and hers is still over 60. Come on. Like, you don't have, you don't, it's not a smartphone. Nope. You don't have any, like, text, no. internet. It's just literally a phone. Then it's probably $40. Jeez. But most people, it's like 80 bucks or something. So that's just... Ooh. Like how easy, like, I mean, if I was, if, if, if I was making a hundred thousand dollars doing this, whatever this program is, um, and I'm almost 10 years older than homeboy over here. Um, and my cell phone was only 40, then, then yeah, sure. I could afford $615 a month to blow on donations, not blow, by the way, go to Patreon. Um, Jesus Christ. Come on, man. So it just, the only reason I really wanted to bring that up is it just goes to, goes to show you sort of the disconnect from reality yeah. that some of these programs and stuff are. Like when I see that, I know it shouldn't make me that, ang- like I'm just I angry now. I don't know. I know, I know it shouldn't make me that angry, but I see that and I can't help but get angry because I'm like, but this, who are you talking, like who's your target audience for this? <laughs> really? Because, we should make our own pie chart. <laughs> yeah, I, we should. We're gonna do a pie yes, chart of, of our reality. <laughs> we're gonna do a pie chart of our of our in and out for uh, for it's too late with Alan Mosley. Right. <laughs> it's just it's gonna be like a big ninety eight percent that just says is is the cost, and the two percent will be, you know, like oh we we got a we got a patron this week. Oh lord, that'll be it. Um, last thing we want to do before we leave for the first commercial yeah. break. We're going to introduce a new little bit here on okay. the show. So Joe Jorgensen made some some headlines. She's she's the Libertarian Party uh, nominee for president. Uh-huh. And, you know, a lot of people don't think that libertarians really in general, but especially the LP and the candidates for the LP, that they don't oftentimes do the best job of communicating positions very well. Right. And a lot of people sometimes accuse them of sort of being panderers and like they're trying to target different demographics and and while they're doing that they're really kind of missing the forest from the trees of not expressing the message and the principles very well. Right. And and that upsets some people and rightfully so. But she had made a tweet recently about Kamala Harris okay. getting the VP uh, nod for Mm -hmm. Joe Biden's candidacy. So this is what she tweeted out. She said, I'm glad that Joe Biden has brought another woman into the race. The vice presidency shouldn't be a boys club. When I think about the millions of girls and young women across America, I think they deserve a voice this year when it comes to the top job in the country. Hashtag elections. (sighs) Like that's, that whole statement just says, I'm trying, I'm, you know, yay, hoorah women, look, we're all about inclusivity and equality here. But why are, first of all, the people, the people you're pandering to don't give a damn about libertarianism. (laughs) They're not going to vote for you. They don't care. Right. That's number one. And number two, you're, you're saying that about Kamala Harris is just a monster, just a grotesque POS of a person. I'm not going to waste a single breath. Like, you know how sometimes people will challenge you like, hey, say something nice about whatever. There's nothing nice to say about that awful woman. So I decided for our new bit, we will fix their tweets. Okay. Now, so if you're listening at home and you have any connection to the big capital L, L, LP, 
hey, I'm here, guys. You can hire me. I'll send you my rates. I will fix your social media for you. So, so go back to that original one, Joe one right there. So I'm glad that Joe Biden has brought another woman into the race, blah, 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 blah. They deserve a voice. So let, so let's go. This is my interpretation of that. So let's go to Joe two. I'm disappointed that Joe Biden has brought an abhorrent woman into the race, even though the vice presidency shouldn't be a boys club. When I think about the millions of girls and young women across America, I think they deserve a voice this year when it comes to the top job in the country. That isn't a totalitarian cunt. Wow. Hashtag elections. (laughs) It's just that easy, folks. Look, I'm I'm here. You got my number. I will, I'll work cheap, but I will fix it for you. They are working towards that $100,000, you know. That, yeah, uh, exactly. So you hire me to fix right. your social media for you, yeah. just like we did right there, and right. we'll add it to our pie chart. Yeah, there yeah, you go. There you go. We have a great show for you today. I promise I won't talk about Kamala Harris until two segments from now. There you go. But we're going to, so Facebook. Yep. Get ready. <laughs> get ready. We'll be right back after this. Don't go away. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. So I had mentioned earlier in the show that, you know, we had a lot of problems last week. And I was, man, I was steamed about... (laughs) You were. uh, Yeah, I was. Well, you know, we... uh, we put a lot of time and effort into making, not only just making the show, but making it at a level of production value yeah. and quality that is sort of like, that's, that's not great for us. That's normal for us. Yeah. We want to, we're, we're trying to normalize what we do as a program and right. we, and we strive to be a really good program. And so for our work to basically just go up and smoke for a week yeah. because of, of throttling and shadow banning and all that, it, it, it is, it's, it's frustrating. It's and so our good friend, Rimzo Martinez, who has been a guest on the show before, yep. uh, had reached out to me and said, hey, you should try Parlor." So Rimzo actually actually uh, works for Parlor now. Okay. And, and so go ahead and pull up that link. So we're, we're going we're gonna to give Parlor a shot. Yeah. Um, I like what I see so far. Yeah. So in, in terms of functionality and look, it's, it's, it's really more like a Twitter than it is a Facebook. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so far I've had pretty good results and yeah. I've been on there trying to follow some of the same people and organizations yeah, and stuff that we do on Twitter. And what, 15 parlay so far. When did you put this up? Yeah. So I'm actually already verified on, on, yeah, on Parler. So, so Parler at Alan Mosley. Yeah. And, and uh, so I don't have to be at Alan M. Mosley like right. I am on Twitter. I get to be at, I'm, I am the Alan Mosley. You are the Alan Mosley. I'm at yes. Alan Mosley on Parler. Like so if you're, if you're someone like us who gets frustrated with the big social media giants mm-hmm. and, and their policies towards uh, non-mainstream content, yep. then uh, check out Parler. So yeah. there you go. Parler's so Parler at Alan Mosley and we'll be, we'll post our show updates there and all that kind of good stuff. Awesome. In a perfect world, we'll just, and like I said, we can't make the announcement yet, so don't go away. Don't go delete us from this yeah. platform yet. Right. But pretty soon, I think uh, Facebook and YouTube and stuff like that's going to be going the way of the dodo. Okay. But we'll, uh, we'll announce that when we get there. We'll let you know. Until then, uh, hey, Blake. Yeah. What time is it? Meme of the week. Meme of the week. 
Ha! Whoa! <laughs> this meme will become more relevant later in the show, so just burn this image into your mind. I tell you what, I, no, I'm not going to tell you what. I'm going to save that for the relevant segment because I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to give it away. But um, yeah, bless their hearts. Yeah, bless their hearts. Bless their hearts is all oh, I can say. Gracious. Man, we're we're. You're you're an awful producer. I do. I'm just laughing at that. No, you're an awful producer because a good producer would have like the little clock in front where I could see it. Like it would say how much time you have left before the next commercial break. We're basically already right, over time. One minutes, man. You got to bust it, y'all. But but see, a good producer would have the clock, and you don't actually say what you no, just said on we, air. We don't have the gear for that, man. We're we still don't, working on this. We don't have the gear for that. You don't have that. an IFB. I can't whisper in your voice without like people hearing me. Whisper in my voice, huh? No, I can't whisper. Unbelievable. It, you know, Unbelievable. You don't have an IFB. I can't say, hey, man, you got to hurry up. You know, I, I can't do that. People are going to hear it. Well, this I, is why they need to go to Patreon and hook us up so that we mm-hmm, can have that. Exactly. Well, I mentioned that because we're getting ready to yeah. do the longest freaking segment of the show <laughs> that always every single week gets out of hand. Yes, it does. <sighs> Let's answer some viewer mail. Let's go. All right. First one is from Suzanne Sherman. Suzanne writes, Dear Alan and Blake, where can one find the pepper in pepperoni? Uh, in the front. <laughs> Andrew Avery writes, Dear Alan and Blake, if tiny babies are delivered by stork, do the chubby ones need a crane? Yes. Aren't all babies chubby? Yeah. Hopefully. If they're not, you got a problem. Well, there you go. I don't think I've seen, yeah, I don't think I've seen a non-chubby baby, to be honest with you. Chubby babies are good. Isn't that like a candy bar, a chubby baby or something like that? I don't know. You should make that. Yeah, I should. You should make that. At least so we're going to sell chance with candy bars. Next week, we're going to sell chubby babies That's here. Right. <laughs> we're going to get in so much trouble. Uh, Celeste Annis writes, dear Alan Blake, what do you like to put on your hot dogs and hamburgers? Well, of course, she's talking about sandwiches. So what, yeah, yeah. Blake, what kind of stuff do you like to put on your sandwiches? Uh, wow. I'm, I'm, a, I'm unfortunately a big mayonnaise fan. I like mayonnaise, I like mustard, and I like ketchup, you know. I like putting all that on a burger, including pickles. But you know what? Don't argue with me, because it's not a burger without a pickle. Okay, so first of all, hashtag no pickles. I always oh, no, no pickles no, no, on no. burgers. Uh-uh. Y'all want to fight. Great. And second of all, do you put mayonnaise and mustard and ketchup on the same burger? Yes. Yes, absolutely. That is how I do it. I like That's that. just... delicious. If there was another condiment out there, I'd put that on it too. I okay. like sloppy burgers. Mayonnaise is not a condiment. It's a spread. What? Jesus, you don't even watch this show, Blake. Oh, you I don't even not... watch this show. Mayonnaise is a spread. It's mayonnaise I... is a spread. You, you just said if it, you it's just not, said if there was other it. condiments, I'd put them on. But you know, it's too hard when you're talking about so many things at once. I kind of grew. Don't no 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 no. Okay. Okay. So we got a we got a bonus question from Susan Sherman sure. that actually has a visual aid. She says, uh-huh. "Dear Alan and Blake, does this count as a meat or a vegetable? Pull up, pull up that picture right there." Oh God. Beyond meat, beyond sausage, plant-based links. Dude, I don't know what that is, but it it don't look right. Okay, Dude. so it so to answer 
Suzanne's question seriously, the answer is no, that does not count as a meat. Or a sausage. Well, cut your mic. You're done. You're, you're out of here. That's three strikes. You're out of here. <laughs> the second, the second thing I want to say, pull that, pull that picture up again really on, quick. Man, that's not a sausage. A sausage has to have meat in it. Okay. So first of all, that's not meat, Suzanne. No. And second of all, that guy on the left is, is saying right now, I swear this never happens to me. That's all I'm saying. So anyway, we're moving on. We're moving on before we get in any more trouble. Um, Bob Smiley writes, Dear Alan and Blake, have y'all tried this? So this is a suggestion for something else for us to try on our little okay. live food and drink thing. So pull, go ahead and pull up Bob's thing. It's, it's that Soylent drink. Have you ever heard of that Soylent stuff? No. Uh, they, there's a few different brands. So Soylent, so this is Soylent mint chocolate plant protein meal replacement shake. Ew. So it's, it's like a, it's like a plant-based vegan and expensive protein. Too. Oh yeah. Oh, dude, oh. they're not, they're not cheap, dude. Woo. Um, that one's mint. So, so no, I have never tried no. Soylent. No, um, no, but Blake will. No, I'll try it. So if, so if somebody out there who is big into like Huel or, or Soylent or whatever, if you send us one, we'll try it. Yeah, we'll try it. We're not going to go out and get them ourselves. What if that tastes like Girl Scout cookies? I mean, if it did, then I'm sure people would like it. It's probably why it's so expensive. So if so, if anyone out there, if you're into any of those types of little meal replacement shake yeah. things, particularly the ones that are like plant based, yeah, vegan or whatever, yeah. if you send us, we'll, we'll try it. it. We'll do it on air. Just just send us a message yep. uh, on on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Huh? We'll hook you up with Parlay. the address yeah. and we'll send it to Let's us. We'll try this. it. Uh, Jeff Johnson writes, "Dear Alan and Blake, why would someone get your goat?" Isn't that just like a Southern saying, like, that gets my goat? Well, Jeff's not from the South, so I don't know if that's a Southern saying or not. My goats are expensive. I know your goats are expensive. No one, yeah, no one wants to get your goat because your goats are like $1,000 or something ridiculous. My goats ridiculous. are worth it if okay. you're into goats. Okay, okay. I'm not going there. Uh, <laughs> Lyle Dario asks, Dear Alan and Blake, is, is the Rona just to distract from the Tom Brady situation? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Among other things. Uh, Kim Brown writes, Dear Alan and Blake, what's your favorite sport to watch? Blake, what's your favorite sport to watch? I don't watch sports. Uh, oh, I almost said the F word. I better not say, I better not say the, you, you are a bundle of sticks because you don't watch sports. Not sports. Not um, football. Football's oh, yeah. coming back. Football, we're like next month. In September, football's going to be. Assuming they don't cancel at right. the last second, like I mean, some people have. Else, so. um, football's back next month. Yeah. I'm going to. I'm ready, man. Honestly, I could watch football. I have watched football, but it's got to be a team I give a crap about, you know. All right. I'm a fair weather fan. All right, last one. We actually have a whole slew of questions okay. from from Jonathan, our social media guy, but we we don't we don't have time for that. We're going to try to do those in the finale. So sure. try so remind me. Machine gunning. Yes. Remind me we're doing the lightning round okay. yeah, in the, the finale. So last one, Lalder also writes, "Dear Alan and Blake, how many blue boxes are you installing in your home to fight voter suppression?" Um what do I have to install in my home to encourage voter suppression? <laughs> I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess if the blue boxes fight voter suppression, then I guess that would mean red box is pro voter suppression, right? I've never heard of a blue box. So you're referring He's to talking that. about the post Jesus. You don't watch this show. I, you don't even watch it, man. I live it. You <laughs> live it, live in the dream. I'm living it right now, man. 
We're so over time. We are. This is going to be really bad. Okay, <laughs> we're going to take a commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about just, just that absolutely awful bitch Kamala Harris. Here we go. We will be right back after this break. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at alan at funnybroke.com. So um, last week we did our bit on on Kamala Harris yep. and... And remind everybody at home what Kamala looks like. There's her picture right there. So I, I forgot this last week. You see that? You see her mouth in the top right, right there. Does that not look like the the mouth of Sauron to you from Lord of the Rings? Like that's Return of the King right there. I should have gotten. I should have had a side by side. That's like the most. That's like the most epic picture of evil joy I've ever seen. It is. She. I know. It's that has lizard person written like, all over it. It really does. So we had our whole bit about, an, and we had done an episode of her before. So we had an episode called Kamala Cop. Yeah. And then we had, last week was Kamala Cop 2. Yeah. And and it got throttled. And uh-huh. so you know me, if they're going to throttle the show, then I'm just going to do it again. Yeah, just go on. So, so get her out of here. So yeah. we're going to do Kamala Cop 3, the throttling. <laughs> so this comes from Alana Goodman over at the Washington Examiner. This is five times prosecutor Kamala Harris got the wrong guy. So we talked about this a little bit last week with, uh, amongst the many things that, uh, uh, corrupt things that happened during her watch in California, these are, this is specifically, uh, wrongful imprisonment and arrests and things like that. So number one, when her staff prosecuted a reality star who was framed by police, Uh now police would never do such a thing, ACAB. Kamala Harris was district attorney of San Francisco in February 2010 when 29-year-old Jamal Trulove, a former reality star and aspiring hip-hop artist, was convicted of murdering 28-year-old Seiyu Kuka based on the testimony of a lone witness. After Trulove was sentenced to 50 years in prison, Harris praised the, quote, brave eyewitness for the conviction but failed to mention that the woman had been paid over $60,000 by the prosecution and given new housing under the witness protection program. An appeals court later overturned the verdict after finding that the prosecutors working under Harris at the district attorney's office misrepresented the witness to the jury. In March, Trulove was awarded a $13 million settlement from the city due to allegations of police misconduct, including manipulating the witness and fabricating evidence. Wow. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's like, that checks all the boxes of everything wrong with the justice system. Number two, when her office defended the sexual assault conviction of an electrician based on a technicality. So this is talking about George Gage. Harris was the attorney general of California in 2015 when her office a fault to uphold a sexual assault conviction against a former electrician named George Gage. Gage, who's now 79, had been found guilty of sexually abusing his ex-wife's daughter in 1999 and was serving a 70-year sentence. Just want to say, by the way, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm just saying that this guy had more, a longer sentence than the murderer. I'm just saying. Yeah. 
uh, uh, Gage appealed and the judge determined that prosecutors had withheld exculpatory evidence. They purposely withheld exculpatory evidence, including the accuser's medical records and a statement from her mother calling her a liar. Harris's office successfully fought against a retrial on a procedure or technicality and Gage is still in prison. Yikes. Number three, when she fought compensation for a wrongfully convicted gang shooter. In 2002, Rafael Madrigal was convicted of a drive-by gang shooting and the attempted murder of Ricardo Aguilera in East Los Angeles. He was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison. Seven years later, a federal judge tossed the conviction due to inadequate legal defense by Madrigal's attorney. Hmm. Uh, Sounds very similar to our case from last week. The court found that Madrigal's lawyer failed to introduce exculpatory evidence, including several alibis that said Madrigal was 35 miles away at work during the time of the attempted murder. After his release from prison, Madrigal asked the California Victim Compensation and Government Claims Board, California Victim Compensation and Government Claims Board, the fact that that has to exist tells you a lot. To compensate him $282,000 for the wrongful conviction, Kamala Harris, the state attorney general at the time, recommended that the board deny Madrigal's request, arguing that he had not sufficiently proven his innocence. Hmm. Notice that turn of phrase there, had not sufficiently proven his innocence. That goes against everything, the the foundation of our legal system of the yeah. presumption of in- innocence right. and that you, you don't have to prove innocence. You have yeah. to prove not guilty. Exactly. Uh, actually, you don't have to prove anything. The, the prosecution has to prove you are guilty mm-hmm. yeah. because of presumption of innocence. Sure. Not according to Kamala Harris. So imagine, imagine the direction that law and order would go under a Kamala Harris presidency. Hmm. Number four, when her office sought to retry a man who had been set up by police, they would never do such a thing. All cops are bastards. In 1992, uh, Karamad Conley was arrested for a drive-by gang shooting that killed two men in San Francisco. After the prosecution's key witness testified that 18-year-old Conley had privately confessed to the murder, Conley was convicted and sentenced to life in prison without parole. Although the witness denied under oath that he had been compensated as part of the case, a subsequent investigation found that a detective had paid the witness. The witness had also been given housing by the prosecution and placed in a witness protection program. In December 2010, a judge vacated Conley's conviction, citing voluminous, voluminous, voluminous evidence that the witness had lied. Harris was serving as district attorney of San Francisco at the time, and her office initially sought to retry the case, according to reports. One month later, after Harris left to start her new role as California Attorney General, the San Francisco District Attorney's Office agreed not to retry Conley. He later received a $3.5 million settlement from the city for wrongful conviction. There you go. So they paid the witness to set up Conley. It was proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was a setup. It was a lie. And he ultimately received a settlement from the city for wrongful conviction. But that was only after she had left her post there. While she was there, she was fighting to retry him. Mm-hmm. Number five, last one for today. When she fought to keep a misidentified neo-Nazi in prison after his case was tossed, 
1998, a neo-Nazi gang member named Daniel Larson was convicted of possession of a concealed weapon and sentenced to 27 years in prison. Police officers said they saw Larson throw a six-inch knife under a car during a confrontation outside a Los Angeles bar. By the way, if this sounds familiar, this is what we talked about last week before Facebook, you know. After the trial, nine, nine, nine eyewitnesses, including a North Carolina cop, came forward to dispute that Larson had been the man holding the knife. A judge determined in 2010 that Larson's original attorney had failed to interview any witnesses at all and overturned the conviction. Despite the ruling, Harris, as state attorney general, blocked Larson's release for two more years. After Larson was finally let out, Harris appealed his release by arguing that he missed a paperwork deadline. So the case had been turned, had been thrown out. His conviction overturned based on the fact that his defense basically didn't defend him. And nine eyewitnesses could testify to his innocence. And she fought to keep him in jail for two more years. Mm -hmm. Two years of his life gone after being found unquestionably innocent Mm -hmm. because of this vile woman. It's one thing being hard on crime, but it's another thing being hard on everyone. I mean, mean, imagine what someone like this would do if they were in power. I mean, I mean, you walk out on the street, you throw your gum on the ground, you're going to jail, kid. Yeah. I I mean, this, I mean, it's too much. This woman is just an absolutely just irredeemable piece of trash. She really is. I really hope Facebook is listening and and the stream that you're watching right now is actually coming through and not, you know, shut off and, and blocked. Because she really is just an absolute monster of the highest order. Yeah. So, so there, there's something I, I wanted to read you really quick because I wanted to make sure that I, I had the wording that I wanted correctly. So you might remember, uh, this has been talked about in the news recently as well, since after she got uh, yeah. the, the VP nod, um, back during the Democratic primaries when she was running for the Democratic nomination herself, she had gone on record as saying that she believed Joe Biden's accusers. When I say his accusers, people who had accused him of sexual misconduct, of rape, of assault. And she said, you know, hashtag believe all women, hashtag me too. Kamala Harris had said, I believe Biden's accusers. And she really painted him as not just an abuser, but also a racist. You know, he's an old white man. He's a part of the patriarchy. He's a part of, of, uh, of the white toxic culture. So Kamala Harris herself had said, Joe Biden is a racist. Joe Biden is an abuser. Now far be it, by the way, far be it for me to correct her on this one. She's, she might be right. But the thing is, is that she gladly flashes that evil little smile that we saw earlier. And she walks the path to the vice presidency now under that same Joe Biden. Yeah. With that said, one of these two things must be true. Either she's the type of person who would falsely accuse someone of racism or rape in the hopes of advancing her political career, or she's someone who would gladly work with someone who is a racist or a rapist in the hopes of advancing her political career. Good point. Either way, she's an absolute monster. Those are the choices you get when you try to work within the system, ladies and gentlemen. 
We'll be right, right back after this break. Hopefully we're still here. Don't go away. was that i just thought i'd change it up a little that made me uncomfortable good <laughs> me too that's all i got <laughs> um anyway yeah. for our last segment today we we kind of had our meme in the week and stuff and we we referenced some of the hoopla that's going on about the u.s postal service so we're actually going to use an article by our good friend jim bobard to talk about this okay. uh, so go ahead and pull up the article there mail slowdown started 50 years before trump now, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how much you've been seeing this in social media and Twitter and whatnot, but like, to me, the postal service is like right there with the DMV. Like when you think about just, just crappy, just government service, just Expensive, inefficient, just horrible bureaucracies that cost tons of money and they're, yeah, they're really inefficient and you hate having to deal with them because it's just a nightmare. Like they're right there on the same line, but there's nothing in this world that people won't politicize. Right. And when it becomes politicized and when the other team is attacking something, then you're just automatically for it. doesn't matter how stupid that is. You're for the thing because the other team's against the thing. Right. And if you're, and if you're against a thing, then the other team's going to be for it because that's how partisan politicization works. Yeah. And so you've got all of these people crawling out of the woodwork to defend of all things, the just garbage postal service because Donald Trump had made some comments about the Postal right. Service and, and the potential for mail-in ballots with the election, all that crap. So anyway, Jim Bovard uh, writes, Democrats and much of the media are screaming bloody murder over President Trump's latest Postal Service reforms. Trump recently approved an extra $10 billion in federal credit for the floundering mail service. So by the way, the Postal Service, which has been in the red forever, yeah. he just appropriated $10 billion more dollars for right. it. But that's not enough. No. But because he's balking at $25 billion in additional funding, he is guilty of, quote, the weaponization of the U.S. Postal Service for the president's electoral purposes, according to the Leadership Conference on Civil Rights. Former President Barack Obama accused Trump of, quote, undermining the Postal Service to attack voting rights, to attack voting rights. The Postal service, uh, service is hemorrhaging red ink, and Trump's appointee as Postmaster General Louis DeJoy recently curtailed paying overtime for mail delivery. This is slowing some deliveries, which some news reports are portraying as an unprecedented outrage. A Washington Post article condemned the Trump administration for seeking, quote, to disrupt a constitutionally mandated government service during the coronavirus pandemic. So the thing is, is that something like the post office, the only time that I've ever heard, seen the post office in the news is A, they're terrible at what they do, and B, it, it should go away because they lose money hand over fist. That's the only time I ever hear about the post office. But now you're hearing about the post office as if, as if this is news, yeah. as if 
these things are coming to the light for first time. So actually, the Postal Service has been intentionally disrupting its own service since at least the Nixon era. Mm -hmm. A high-level meeting in 1969, Postal Management decided to no longer strive for overnight mail delivery and to keep this a secret from Congress and the public. Washington Post reported in 1974, management uh, also considered cutting costs by educating Americans not to expect prompt service. Boy, if there's one thing that Americans ought to be educated on, it's not expecting anything from the federal government. True. Uh, Back in 1764, then a colonial postmaster general, Benjamin Franklin, proclaimed a goal of two-day mail service between New York and Philadelphia. Think about that for a second. 1764, Benjamin Franklin says, our goal is to deliver mail in two days between New York and Philadelphia. I mean, you're talking about horses and wagons, right? Yeah, yeah. In 1989, the Postal Service ratcheted down its goals, labeling it as as a success two-day delivery from New York City to next door Winchester County, New York. Under the new standards, the target for overnight first-class delivery was reduced from 100 to 150-mile radius to often less than 50 miles. The Postal Service estimated that the changes could add 10% to the average delivery time for first-class mail, which was already 22% slower than it had been in 1969. Hmm. Postmaster General Anthony Frank claimed that the revised standards would, quote, improve our ability to deliver local mail on time. But this was simply because the Postal Service lowered the definition of on time. The Postal Inspection Service concluded that post offices generally have a negative attitude towards service improvement, even when the capability is there at no additional cost. Imagine that. Hmm. A, a government employee, a bureaucrat, having a negative opinion of doing a good job. <laughs> so we're, we're going we're gonna to jump down a little bit. Uh, In 2015, the Postal Service effectively eliminated overnight mail delivery, even for local mail in much of the nation. With revised standards, quote, mail was considered on time if it took four or five days to arrive instead of three, the Washington Post noted. 51 senators and 160 House members ineffectively protested the slowdown. Roanoke, Virginia residents, for example, were skewered because local mail processing was shifted to Greensboro, North Carolina, doubling the time necessary for cross-town delivery services. So cross-town delivery in Roanoke, Virginia is now slower than what Benjamin Franklin wanted mail to be in the mid-1700s between New York and Pennsylvania. That's crazy. Unbelievable. That's the government for you. Uh, so we're going to skip down again. The Postal Service has gotten away with scorning its customers because it is effectively a federal crime to provide better mail service than the government. The Postal Service has a monopoly over letter delivery, with the limited exemption for urgent courier-delivered letters costing more than $3. The monopoly, which dates back to the 1840s, has become more indefensible with each passing decade. After a half-century of service cutbacks, why continue nationalizing the transport of small envelopes? Ending the postal monopoly could spur the same explosion in options for letter delivery that Uber and Lyft have created for transit. Yep. So this is really kind of putting the the cherry on top for this, is that really all of this came from the fact that there's this big push for mail-in balloting for voting for this, yeah. year's, pre- for this year's elections, for yeah. presidential election, because of the Rona. They think, well, you're, you're literally want grandma to die if you expect people to go out and vote. So ergo, everyone should be able to mail in their ballots. Right. In New York City, 
Officials struggled for six weeks to count mail-in ballots from the June primary. Up to 20% of ballots were, quote, declared invalid before even being opened based on mistakes with their exterior envelopes, the Post noted, thanks largely to missing postmarks or signatures. The New York City Board of Elections provided voters with more than 750,000 ballots with prepaid return envelopes, but the Postal Service routinely doesn't postmark prepaid envelopes, resulting in a huge number of disqualified ballots. Nice. The New York Daily News labeled the primary snafus as a, quote, dumpster fire, while the New York Times headline described it as the November nightmare. So if they had that much problem with just the primary in June, imagine how much worse the problem would be with the generals coming up in November. Uh, Other states had similar problems. In Wisconsin, more than 20,000 primary ballots were thrown out because voters missed at least one line on the form. Virginia, almost 6% of mail-in ballots for primary elections were rejected for, for arriving late. In Nevada, almost a quarter million ballots sent to voters were returned as undeliverable. Wow. These, these people, they're prepaid envelopes. They're returning them. Unbelievable. So to, to, to wrap up, the post office has been run poorly for many, many decades, Trump declared last week. In a less historic uh, histrionic era, the Postal Service's failures could spur Congress to finally remove the roadblocks to, to private innovation in letter delivery. Mm. Instead, the coming delivery debacles may become the conspiratorial Russiagate of the 2020 election. There you go. There you go. That's, that's really going to be what happens right there is that there, whatever, whatever the outcome is in the, in the, if Trump wins reelection and if there's any type of shady dealing with the postal service, whether because they, they don't do a good job and then people claim that they weren't properly prepared or funded and that that's of course Trump's fault, this'll be, this'll be this year's Russiagate. Yep. So first of all, and I'm not trying to connect, correct Jim at all, but Russiagate might be this year's Russiagate. Don't put it, they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll bring that stuff back. Russians are going to send all those ballots in, aren't they? You, you know, you know why, you know why Trump wanted to stop the mail-in ballots? It was, is because of Putin. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. yeah. Why, you know, you can have your why cake not? and eat it too. Sure. So I'm not, I don't think these people are above using Russiagate for this year's Russiagate, but it'll, it'll be uh, ballot gate, mail-in gate, <laughs> postal gate. What do you think they'll call it? Oh, who knows? I don't Just know. Gate. Gates. Postal gate. We'll go, postal we'll, gate. we'll go with postal gate like until, postal gate. That yeah. Good. You hit it here, folks. First time it's postal gate. Do you remember, you remember back like all the Bush Gore stuff with all the, the hanging chads and swinging oh, yeah, chads yeah. and all that stuff? There's lots of kids alive today named Chad because of that. Really? Oh yeah. I'm sure of it. I've never liked that name. No. Nope, Chad. It's a joke on all. It's also a joke on social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Chad. Chad, yeah. The Chad, yeah. Chad is like Brian. Ugh. Just a, yeah, kind of a. No, no, no offense to Brian's out there, but I, well, I mean, I mean, some offense to yeah. Brian's, out, but it's really more to their parent, Brian's yeah. parents. No, if I mean, you're a parent, don't name your kid Brian or Karen. You know. Oh, yeah, well, definitely don't name a kid Brian, Brian and Karen. Maybe Brian is the male version of the Karen. Possibly. Maybe we might be onto something. Yeah. I like how we're wasting so much time at the end of the segment when we're already over time. Hey, we're at 51 minutes. We're not doing too bad. You sped up on that one. That's good. Well, I had to because we're out of time. Yeah. Very and, much so. And, and you know what we do on this, when we're out of time, yeah. we waste more time. That's right. That's like my way of sticking it to the man, except for in this case, the man is me because I'm the one who makes the show. Yeah. So I'm sticking it. I should, probably shouldn't say that. We will be right back after this break. Don't go away. 
like our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash funnybroke. You can follow me on Twitter. Twitter is at Alan M. Mosley. Subscribe to our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash funnybroke. I got to make one of those things for Parlor. That's what I was going to say. So, so go to Parlor at Alan Mosley. Right. And, and, the, and those other ones are going to be going away soon. Oh, yeah. We got so much. It's so much work. I know. If only I, if only I had a producer to do all that for me. I got too many goats to take care of. Shit. Okay, we're, we're almost out of time. I promised Jonathan we would do his lightning round. Okay, okay so really quick, this is viewer mail part duh. Okay. Um, number one, why do you still do this show? God, if I know. Uh, <laughs> Mac or PC? Blake, Mac or PC? PC. PC. Um, have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? Blake, have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? I suck at it. That. So yes, I suck at it. There's no you can't suck at Dungeons and Dragons. Whatever. I suck at I sucked at that game. I got killed by nerds. <laughs> I wasn't nerdy enough. I so yes, I have, and I am nerdy enough to play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not playing you in Dungeons and Dragons. You don't play. I now I know you haven't played Dungeons and Dragons. That's not how it works. Um, <laughs> do you play the drinking game while watching the show? No, because I don't drink. We've been over this. You don't drink. I don't play. I mean, I, like I'll take a sip of my water, I guess, yeah. for the drinking game. Besides, how are you supposed to do that at the same time you're doing the show? Yeah, exactly. Well, this is live, so yeah. you can clearly. I mean, I mean, I have this, so there you go. Um, what is the strangest pet you have ever owned? What's the joke? Oh, no, I'm not even asking you. You know, you shut up. You, get, you see that shit-eating grin on his face right there? I'm not even asking you. I'm going to answer for him. He's got these birds that are like velociraptors. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't really own strange pets. Cats aren't strange. Well, they're strange, but... Uh, do you think skull ice cubes should go into the skull glasses, or is that just too many skulls? Jonathan... Get help. You can never have too many skulls. All right, last one really quick. Why does morning have to be so early? I mean, I wouldn't know. I try not to even get up until like noon, one o'clock. Um, it's all a blur to me, dude. It's all, yeah, it's all a blur to me. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of It's Too Late, and we will see you next week. <laughs>